This is Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence. Your 803 Tea Time every Sunday morning right here on ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. Backspin Golf is brought to you by Clark's Pump and Shop, Lexington Parks and Recreation, Edwin Watts Golf, and Georgetown Advantage Air. Let's join your host, Matthew Lawrence, for Backspin Golf. Good morning. Good morning. Here it is, 8.03 tea time. The Square Country Club, Lexington, Kentucky, uh, on a beautiful day. And it's going to be like that in Rochester, New York today, too. The final round of the 746th PGA Championship. These things have been going on for a long time. Thanks for joining me, as always. Uh, This is going to be a very special show. Uh, In a little while, I'm going to wait to introduce my first guest. Uh, But after my first guest, uh, we will be talking with someone else. My first guest, Dave Shedlowski of Golf Digest. I'll just say his name. Uh, he is, of course, in Rochester as we speak, covering the PGA Championship, as is uh, the other person I'm going to be talking to right after Dave, who I actually spoke with a little earlier in the week, Keith Stewart of Read the Lines. He has been there. He's a PGA professional, so this is kind of his tournament. And then finally, uh, I'm going to introduce you all to one of the most wonderful human beings I've met in a long time. His name is Andrew Strother. He plays on the Mexican tour, but his story is much more about his life and uh, what he does with his life. And he's just an amazing person. Okay. Speaking of amazing people, my friend Dave Shedlowski, who is somebody that I've gotten to know through Twitter, um, as so many of these relationships come about, uh, has been there all week covering the PGA, of course. He's a very important voice in golf journalism, and he's joining me right now to tell us what the hell has been going on at Oak Hill. Hello, Dave Shedlowski. (laughs) Matthew Lawrence, thank you. Yes, Oak Hill, which yesterday was Soak Hill. And we'll just go with that, and hopefully we'll have Dry Hill today, and and a, and a worthy winner crowned later today. Uh, I think I think we all think whoever wins this tournament is going to be worthy. I would say, but in keeping up with you all week, I loved Soak Hill. That it actually made me. It's a good thing I wasn't drinking a cup of coffee or anything. I would have done a spit take, but. Um, let's, let's start with that. And, uh, we, we all kind of know what happened Thursday and Friday. I'll just say this. Were you anywhere near Tom Kim when he fell in the mud? Were you near there? No. And, uh, uh, but I was near him after he completed his round and, uh, you didn't want to get too close because that mud was nasty (laughs) and dry and now it was drying and it was Kind of had that pungent, pukey oh, kind of, oh, you know, nice. stink to it. And, yeah, and it, uh, you know, it, it kind of matched the mood of the first round 
you know, Bryson DeChambeau leading and <laughs> yeah, uh, kind yeah, of, well, kind of a downer. And uh, but hey, things have picked up since then. But yeah, thank God I was nowhere near Mr. Kim at the time. Okay. Fell and I have to say this: I, what I was most impressed with was Friday. He came out in all white. Right. I mean, uh, I thought this guy. I mean, I love him anyway. I love Tom Kim, but I thought, I thought, yeah, I thought, okay, that took some cojones to come out after he went in the mud with that. Uh, all right, so <laughs> we had Tom Kim. We had the first two rounds, and then we had the cut. And as we know, there are some pretty big names that didn't make the cut. I don't know, John Rom. <laughs> I mean, there were some John big Rahm guys. Barely made it. But John Rahm barely made the oh, cut. Oh, right, right, yeah. Justin Tom barely made the cut. Jordan Spieth barely made the cut. It was kind of an interesting uh, dynamic and a great argument for if the PGA Tour is thinking about having more of these no-cut events. I yeah. mean, this proves that you shouldn't because the drama on that second day, you know who's leading, and you can see kind of how that's shuffling out. But the drama's at the bottom. Who's going to stick around? Matthew right. Fitzpatrick, the reigning U.S. Open champion, was among those that didn't make it. Gary Woodland right. didn't make it. Sam Burns, the master or the uh, match play champion, didn't make it. It was pretty fascinating. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, that cut, we all kind of knew this was going to be, this was not going to be your typical PGA championship because of Oak Hill. We all saw it during the week, the rough, everything, the design of that golf course. Uh, by the way, it looks spectacular it really does it, i mean it is. andrew green did a phenomenal job in renovating it and bringing it back to more of its original design intent i got to tell you that yeah and uh, the other thing is when you even on tv we're used to greens that are for the most part round or at least oval in some way but then you get these drone shots of these greens it's a triangle it's a square it's a it's really cool, you know, really cool. It, it is. It's ornamental, and it's way, you know, a lot of those old greens were designed. I mean, mm -hmm. just, it's kind of funny how they, you're right, Matthew. We've gotten, we've kind of rounded everything off over the right. years. And like, why did we do that? That's pretty boring. Right. These are not boring greens. No. And, of course, Donald Ross, for those of us that love the game of golf and everything that goes into Oak Hill. But. Okay, so now we get to, let's go into the today, what we're going to see the rest of today. And the groups, uh, I had to write them down because I can't remember anything here. We have, uh, okay, let's talk about this. As if people haven't talked about it enough. Michael Block, let's talk about the facts about this are, astounding about Michael Block uh, being in the top 10. I mean, forget that he made the cut, which was amazing at that golf course. Well, that he's in the top 10 and has shot 70 all three days. Uh, you know, when they're telling him the guys he, who he beat, you know, and watching his face. But to finish in the top 10, especially after the incredibly difficult day today was uh yesterday was with all the rain and everything that happened that's the yes. story right 
he's definitely taken over this championship as far as the really feel good story of the championship. Yeah. Although we'll get to the potential one in a minute, but yes, uh, here's how well this guy is playing. He is a club professional in California. He's playing so well that he's only one of four guys in the whole field who hasn't shot over part of this week. The right. other three guys, the other three guys are Victor Hovland and Corey Connors who trail the leader Brooks Kapka by a stroke mm-hmm. and then and Rose who is, you know, a couple back. I yeah. mean, that's some pretty good company, but that's the yeah. company he's doing. That's how well this guy is, is playing. And that's how well, uh, frankly, he's just putting the lights out. I mean, he's second in strokes gained. Right. And, you know, he's using this 20 year old putter that he has. And he even admitted <laughs> putting to save my life, you know, putting to save my ass more than any part of my game for, you know, all my entire career. Right. And it looks like it. It's when he's set, he's fast, he gets up. He sees the line. He hits the putt. He's making it. They even talked about it on, uh, you know, I was watching a little bit of live from the PGA on Golf Channel. And they were even talking about he's making that the putting look simple. And on those greens and these conditions and everything, it's crazy. Yeah, he has like 80 putts for the week. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. uh, So we have. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen the video. Have you seen the video of when they actually told him that he was playing with Rory tomorrow? I have. I actually have not. I was buried oh. deep in my uh, in my journal. Yeah, you've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I was busy till you know a little bit later than I wanted to be, and and yeah. no. But well, tell me about that. It's just that you got to find it because I, even though I'm a brilliant actor, as you know. I uh, I really? can't do I can't do it justice, but they were interviewing him, and I don't I think it was may have been Todd Lewis, who said they had just found out the pairings, and he said to Michael Block, uh, "Do you know who you're paired with tomorrow?" And Block went, "No, I don't." And he said, "You're playing with Rory," and the look on Michael Block's face, and then. He turned to other people there to see if it was a joke. And when he right. found out it was real, he said something like, oh, that, that'll that be fun. We'll have a good time. <laughs> he said, it was like, I'm thinking this guy who has been involved in golf his whole life, obviously. Uh, he's Love's a legend. Golf. He's a legend in the Southern California section. But Correct. He's playing in the final four pairings tomorrow on Sunday in the PGA Championship with Rory McIlroy. And it's going to be fourth seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm thinking when he wakes up this morning, um, if he's not already up because he might not have slept <laughs> this night, I'm thinking that he's probably thinking, please, God, just let me not hit another shank like I did in the second round. I, and which was part, which is actually, I'm not making fun of the guy. It's, it's, it's now part of his legend is that absolutely, you know, he, you know, he comes back from that and plays great. Yep. And he plays great on Saturday, uh, playing with Justin Rose, a former U S open winner. And in fact, you know, Rose beat him by a shot. And, and yeah. when, I saw, I was watching, they just showed a highlight a little while ago. uh, And one of the putts that he made, Michael Block made from about eight feet, 
to save par, a ridiculous par save. Just They had Justin Rose, as the ball went in the cup, walking behind him with the biggest smile on his face. Justin Rose yeah. had a great time playing with him. I mean, so... Everybody appreciates, you know, that this guy is just... This is not something we're going to see it right. ever again. Correct. Maybe yeah, it's right. truly amazing. I think the over-under... You know, for today, if he shot 75, I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah, Just I do too. Such a moment. But I here's... Mean, if he were to, if he were to finish fifth, he'd win, you know, uh, like almost a million dollars. That's life changing money for a guy like that. I also heard this, the biggest check that he's ever made playing golf. He won like the Southern California professionals open or something. And it was $75,000. And that's a pretty good check right there. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, here's what I want. Here's what I hope. I hope he finishes in the top four tomorrow. Because if he does, he goes to the Masters. Correct. There are all these things. If he finishes top 10, top 15, maybe, he gets the PGA Invitational next year as well he right does. yeah he does so yes yeah, so we are all rooting for him today and and that is exactly like you said if he could top four today if he can if I, and look he thinks he can do it he said after the round yesterday he said look if i i mean they asked him if he thought he could win and he said well i would need help from yeah. who's ahead of me, but i think i could shoot three or four under and right. that would probably be pretty close now, if right. he shoots three, I want to see him play the Masters next year. Me too. Me too. Uh, all right. And before I let you go, obviously, we got uh, the bulk and Connors. I refuse to use that guy's name. He'll. I don't care if he loses 100 pounds. He'll always be. I can't. That's the one thing. I don't want to watch him on my TV. But other than that, and then you have Rose and Scotty Scheffler and, of course, um, uh, Brooks and and um, Victor Hovland. And this is all going to be great. Every, people love Victor Hovland, too. It would be great if yeah. he won his first one. So, Indeed. And, and he has now been in the top seven after the last 11 rounds of majors going back to the British Open last year. So the guy is yeah. hanging He's around. He's pretty good. I, I still say when the day is over today, Matthew, I think Brooks – because you're a winner. Me too. Um, I think he learned. I think he learned. You know, he, he admitted he choked in that Masters last month. I think he learned from that, even though he had already won majors, four majors, in fact, two mm-hmm. PGAs, two US Opens, back to back in each. Yeah. Uh, and um, I mean, you, you know, we see it a lot. A guy comes close or, or loses a, a major in a bad way. He comes back in the next one and wins because he's still in good form. You know, right. and he yeah. takes that bank and says, "You know what? I'm still playing good. I can win the next one." Right. Dustin, I did it just a couple of years ago. Lost the PGA in 2020. Came back and won the Masters the next right. start. Oh so no! I think we can see that, and it'll I be think great. That'll be the that'll that'll be the narrative I look for this afternoon. Okay. Well, uh, again, I I absolutely can't thank you enough for doing this with me. It means the world to me. And uh, there's nobody I'd rather follow covering this 
you know, our buddy Chuck Culpepper wormed his way in on this Zoom call that we're doing. He does that all the time. Don't you know? Really? But there's nobody I'd rather read other than Chuck. You two guys are the guys that I want to read about this tournament. And thanks a million again, Dave. Well, enjoy uh, enjoy the day, and thank you for having me on, Matthew. It is okay. always, always, always a great pleasure. Wow. Okay, thanks. See ya. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Gearheads of Nicholasville. Here we go. Here we go. How excited am I? I'm incredibly excited to be able to talk with my buddy, Keith Stewart, who is, in fact, at Oak Hill Country Club, at the PGA Championship in Rochester, New York, and hopefully he is warm, although right now it's probably a little better. Hello, Keith Stewart. Matt, it's not much better. <laughs> it's, it's cold. It's cold. You know, Thanks, we. I just want to say real quick, when they moved the PGA Championship from the end of the summer to, even though it's May, it's Rochester, New York, so anything's possible. Did any of us think this might happen? That it would it would start out like this? Well, the PGA of America knew it was a risk because uh, they had they had selected Oak Hill way before they made the shift. Right. From August oh, to that's May. true. Yeah. Yep. So you know they. They looked ahead and they said, well, we're going to have to cross our fingers on that one, but we're committed to Oak Hill. But it's so important for the PGA to run second and not fourth and not be in August um, for the success of this championship that, you know, they're taking this one on the chin. And, uh, you know, a frost delay in May, I guess it is what it is. But um, the rest of the week, maybe a little showers on Saturday, but the rest of the week is going to be prime for, for just yeah. amazing golf entertainment. And I want you to, t- if you would, just talk to us. Now, you are a PGA professional. I was explaining to Jimmy, uh, who does my show with me, because he doesn't know anything about golf, even though he thinks he does, about uh, why the- I called this, this is the PGA's championship. It's not just the PGA of America. It's all PGA golf professionals ha- have some kind of part in this. Is that right? Yeah, the entire championship is run by the association, for the association. I mean, this is our flagship event. Right. Uh, you're going to get beat over the head by PSAs all weekend about growing the game, junior golf, coaching, teaching tournaments, mm-hmm. everything about the 28,000 men and women that every day show up and unlock the doors and uh, give everyone access to the golf courses. And that uh, that's something we love. And I personally, I love that we it's second now instead of, at the end when we've played the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the Open Championship, and people kind of go, oh, yeah, that's the fourth major. I'm glad we're second here now. And by the way, uh, on Twitter, it's at KJ Stewart, P-G-A, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, and, of course, at Read the Line, which is, I've told you this when you've done my show before, it's so fascinating to me. I want to start with uh, Patrick Cantley is your pick, uh, I just saw, to win the PGA. Is that true? He's definitely on a, a very small, tight card that I have for this week. Yeah. He's, the, uh, he's definitely one of my 
one of my lead focus guys for sure. And you know what? They call him Patty Ice, Matt. So yeah. it makes sense that if he, if he was going to win a major, it would start with a frost delay, right? Yeah, I saw that in your tweet, and it actually made me LOL. Uh, but it's, a, you know, it's perfect for that. But one of the – I was also talking with Jimmy about this before. One of the great things about golf, a lot, lot – well, any sport now you can do this, but especially golf – where you can bet not only like daily fantasy and and at the beginning who's going to win the tournament, you can literally bet on every shot in a golf tournament, right? I mean, we can bet whether or not I'll finish this interview. I mean, you can bet on any, <laughs> anything, anything here in Rochester. We can bet on it when it comes to golf it, and uh, and in real time. It's it's really the coolest thing. It adds so much more fan entertainment and engagement. And uh, again, you know, people. Don't think of betting like it, you know, like all the stereotypes from 20 years ago. You know, betting could be just be one dollar, two dollar, five dollar right. bets just for fun while you're watching, sitting next to your buddy and and uh, or your wife or significant other, and you're just you know just keeping track of who's winning and who's losing. It's great, right? Uh, and when I say that, I my example is Rory tees off on his first hole. He's in the fairway. And you can bet on whether he's going to hit a, hit the green, whether he'll get it within 10 feet, all kinds of things. And it does make it a lot more interesting as you, as you go, of course. I, I also would like you to tell us, because you're there, have you, uh, I'm assuming, had you been to Oak Hill before this week? I had not. Yeah. No. Okay. No, See, this is what's interesting to me. So you show up there in Rochester at this iconic uh, golf course for many reasons. Just give us, if you can, a sense of this course looks so amazing to me. Just give us a little taste of what your feelings are about Oak Hill. Well, one of the things that I do when I'm on site, Matt, the first thing uh, when I'm on property is I go walk the golf course. Uh-huh. So I'll go walk one through 18, and I want to get an appreciation for what the test is going to be like before I start to put out all my content. Right. And when I did that, I said, man, I said, it's really hard to make grass and sand, you know, this <laughs> engaging, this, this absolutely, um, well, I mean, we could talk about how difficult it is, but yeah. just this, stu- this stunning, you yeah. know, and there is Allen's Creek that runs through the property and, and that's kind of cool too. So, but it's really just grass and sand. There's nothing fancy here. It's not, it's not overloaded with trees. It's a very, very beautiful piece of land. It kind of rolls with the. It is Oak Hill, yeah, right. So yeah, there are some yeah. hills there, um, but overall, it's just really, really impressive what the PGA and, of course, the agronomy team here at the golf course has done in order to really showcase this thing. Because there's there's nothing fancy here. All they're saying is just just take good golf shots, mm-hmm. and if you don't, you're going to see some just some really, really miserable guys because <laughs> the edges of these bunkers, the rough. You know, I, I talked about this yesterday. The rough is very playable. It's just not predictable. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. And what good that, point. What that, yeah, what that means is that the guys can hit from it and they'll get up near the green, but they have no idea if they stop the ball, if they'll fly a little shorter, a little longer. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this thing plays out because uh, there's there's not a lot of fairway in this place. And yeah. Yeah. as I as I sit here right now in the media center and I'm looking at it, John Rom. First hole of the championship, he makes birdie. So, mm, yeah, I, I guess all's all's right in the world. I guess, uh, and of course, we had an hour and fifty minute 
frost delay this morning, but it's going to be really oh, fine the rest of the day. I, I heard yesterday on the Golf Channel on live from the PGA, they were talking to the superintendent who was fantastic. I can't remember his name, but they were explaining this course has been, there was a renovation and reconstruction uh, that they did, I think it was in 20, I'm not sure when it was, but they said it oh, It took them 114 days to completely do the changes. There are three new holes on the golf course. They've redid all the bunkers, all the greens, all the stuff went on. And you look at that property and that course and you think, boy, that's, that is really something. So the the club hired Andrew Green in 2015. Andrew Green, right? Yeah, and and they they completed it in 2019. Uh-huh. And what what they've done is that they what they're doing in these a lot of these projects across the country where you see Gil Hans and Andrew Green and they're coming into these major championship venues is that they're looking at the aerials from like the 20s and the 30s when they were first designed and they're trying to go back mm-hmm. to those characteristics, but they have to put them at the size and the scope that they need for the modern game. And what Green and his team did here is just absolutely exquisite, uh, especially the green complexes themselves. Any, any green putting green out on a golf course goes through a process with which it shrinks. Mm-hmm. Part, of it has to do with, part of it has to do with like the mowing practices, Matt, where like as they get to the edge and they flip that mower and they go back the other way, well, yeah. it's like a millimeter every day for, for 80 years as the <laughs> thing gets smaller. <laughs> yeah. But also the... All, all the sand coming out and the bunker splash around the edges, and it forms kind of a punch bowl for these greens. Well, what they went in and did was they kind of scalped the edges. And uh, if you could think of like a Salvador Dali clock, right, where it melts off the sides, right? So all these <laughs> nice. greens now, yeah, so all these, <laughs> these greens, they kind of now, when these guys approach in, the, they're way less receptive. And, of course, they're hitting in from over 200 yards because this thing is par 70, 7,400 yards plus that's going to play, and it's cold Mm -hmm. and everything. So really the the coolest thing about this is that they made the greens bigger, but they also made them harder in doing so. And as a result, it's a really, really kind of cool thing for these guys to play what was really a golf course that was designed in the 20s by Donald Ross 100 years later, still very Rossian, but at the same time, like it suits their game with all the power and the grace that these guys exhibit. So it's 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 really, I mean, it's just going to look fantastic all weekend. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, in the couple minutes we have left, how are you going to be? I'm assuming you're going to go out and watch golf for the next four days. Is that right? <laughs> as soon as it gets as soon as it gets above fifty degrees, I'll uh. leave the media center. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, as, as soon as we as soon as we get done with this, I'm going to go out and find uh, those featured groups of the morning, and I'm going to go walk inside the ropes with them and uh, just keep an eye on play and, and see who's going to start leading this thing, who's going to take control of the championship. Okay, and as uh, you, as I said, Reed, there's nothing better if you want to get in on this gambling and the fun that this involves. Uh, how All the work that you have to do to update everything as we go along uh, you're not there just to walk around and see your buddies. You you got work to do. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I mean, um, you know, read the line. We take great pride in, in a couple of unique factors. One, I'm a PGA professional, so I'm an expert in the business and game of golf. Right. Two, I'm on on site, and three, we provide 
in-play coverage. So, uh, you know, a lot of your betting websites, they stop once the tournament begins or there's just nobody here. Right. I mean, I, there are bare, there's really no betting content coverage here unless someone's working for Golf Digest or something and they have to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm here as a representative of the company and, um, you know, the industry is paying attention. You yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm keeping busy these days, Matt, and uh, it's exciting and uh, it gives me more opportunities to spend time with people like you because I can give you this real feel experience. And uh, I think it really matters when people want to, you know, learn more about the game and appreciate what the competition is like, and then also maybe win a couple bucks come Sunday. Uh, That whole thing that you just said is just so great to me, and there is nobody better than you at doing this. And uh, I really appreciate you being in the media center talking to me. Uh, I know how busy you are, and I can't wait to talk to you again real soon uh, for Backspin. You're a great one, dude. I'm so happy that uh, I got to know you. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Uh, you're, you're too kind, Matt. My my phone, I will always answer the phone for you. Call me anytime. Cool. <laughs> Have fun. Talk to you later. Take care. Enjoy the PGA Championship, everyone. I will. Thanks. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Truly Nolan and Critter Control. Welcome back. I'm so excited about this segment of the show. Uh, And, Andrew, hang on for a minute before you speak, okay? Because I I just want to set this up a little, all right? You got it. Okay, thank you. See how he listens to me? Uh, Last Monday, I was blessed to be invited to play in the Barbasol Championship Media Day golf tournament, which I won. As you all know, I've talked about it. Uh, I carried that team the whole day. My captaincy was off the charts. That's how you win those things. But anyway, Andrew and I will talk about that. But I got to play with Andrew Strother, uh, somebody I did not know before the day. I knew a little about him because I had read about him. Uh, but I did not actually know him. And at the end of the day, not only is he, I've played with for 40 years with some great golfers. He's one of the best I've ever played with. But more importantly, he's one of the best human beings that I've ever played golf with. And I can't wait to introduce him to all of you listening. And then I'll, we'll go on from there. Hello, Andrew. How's it going, man? I appreciate all those kind words. Well, you know, they're they're true. I'm not just making stuff up. I don't do that. You know, I'm a very truthful guy, as you remember from when we played together. I told I told you I was a great putter, and then uh, I had maybe my worst putting day ever. So, <laughs> um, that's all right. um, sorry. That, that that's okay. We all have them. Not me. Not me, <laughs> Andrew. I don't ever do that. But I made up for it with one shot. The one shot I hit the whole day. Anyway, anyway. Uh, first, I want to have you explain to people in terms of golf uh, where you are right now and what you've been chasing uh, for a while now. 
Yeah, so where I'm at right now is just trying to play and get status on a PGA-affiliated tour. Right. Um, at the moment, I'm just playing a lot of like state opens, uh, mini-tour events, different mm-hmm. invitational or opens that are around the country. Um, I have status down in Mexico on their um, professional tour. Right. And it just got world golf ranking points, so it's a great tour to be on. There's a ton of talent, really, really good developmental tour. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now, just trying to get status on you know, Corn Ferry, uh, Canadian or Latin, which, of course, that's changing next right. year. Right, they're, they're merging. merging. Right. Yep. Well, yep. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. And I can't even imagine what that involves. There's a lot of travel involved. I know that. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a lot more travel than I think I was ready for yeah. um, or probably prepared for with two kids. Uh, <laughs> that kind of makes it, makes it a little bit more challenging. Um and just trying to navigate all that. Anybody that knows me knows I'm I'm not always the most uh, put together or organized person. So, <laughs> so some of that travel stuff makes it a little challenging. Well, uh, challenging in terms of golf is one thing. Uh, and again, uh, in a little while, I'm going to talk about your actual golf game and what I saw last Monday. But what's much more interesting to me because this is the kind of thing, and it's why. One of the re- many reasons we love the game of golf, because I never would have met you if it weren't for golf, and being a- on your team last Monday. And the- I always say this, the people that I have met through Twitter, uh, through my association with golf here in Lexington, which is how I met Shad Lacefield, who's another incredible human being, and put our team together, uh, I- this never would have happened. I want you to explain to people just briefly where you were at, say, when you, I think, when did you sell your agency? How old were you? I think I was 28. Okay. Either 27 or 28. Okay. So you you bought a franchise, an insurance franchise, when you were 22. Is that what I read? Yes. (laughs) Okay. There's something we all do when we're 22. Uh, Right. And... And then you had that, you sold it when you realized you really wanted to try to pursue golf as a living. Um, I want you to then explain how you got into the relationship with a, another family. And I ought to mention, you should I'm sure you will talk about your then fiancé, now your wife. Because as great as you are, I haven't met her, but I know she's even greater than you are. I know that for a fact. Yes. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> So just yeah, to so, explain how that happened. So, I mean, when I sold the insurance agency, <clears throat> I wasn't very good at golf, really. So I, I, I didn't I, I didn't feel <laughs> like I was able to play full-time, needed to, to do some odd and end jobs. Yeah. Um, so I did some other things, and I, I had a roommate whose uh, fiancé was a behavioral therapist and had said, hey, go check out care.com. You can do some odd and end jobs, this, that, the other. And so – the mom of the two uh, boys that um, I, I worked with gave me a big, long message kind of detailing what was going on. And, I mean, I was completely ignorant, had no clue about really what the deal was. Now, this was, um, you, we're talking about being a caregiver, right? Yeah, yes. But at the time, like, I didn't really understand. I didn't know that, I guess. Yeah. Or she probably said that in the message. Right. But, like, I, 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 had, dude, I had no clue about any of that. So I just met with her and thought, like, okay, she just needs 
somebody to help take him around, do different things, and that wasn't really the case. But yeah, I was very, very ignorant to the the, the situation kind of that was that I was throwing myself into. Now, ex- there's something special about that young man. Um, I want you to talk about that for a minute. Yeah, Dave. Uh, well, there's, <clears throat> there are two, right? But he, uh, yeah, so he's pretty profound on the autism spectrum, and he's nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Um, so needs are, like, really can be challenging to, to kind of gauge. Um, and the other thing that's really cool about Dave is, like, I mean, they adopted him when he was, like, two or three. Kid couldn't walk or anything, and now mm. um, we go we go for long walks every day. Kid probably puts in five, six, seven, seven miles. Huh. Um, but, yeah, so, um, he, and he, because he is nonverbal and his needs are um, kind of difficult to gauge, you know, he, ha- he doesn't really have much of a way to communicate. He can sometimes lash out in self-harming behaviors or, or hurting yeah. other people um, just simply because, like, hey, he, nobody, like, you may not know what he needs in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's his way of kind of getting you to, find, hey, I need something. Go figure it out. Yeah. Well, and that involved you. I read a story about a big party where he kind of freaked out. And, I mean, you know, yeah. you talk about lashing out. Physically, he, you're dealing with somebody that, you know, doesn't mean to but could hurt you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dave is definitely stronger than he knows or he would look like. Yeah. Um, and on top of it being kind of physically exhausting when he has those outbursts, I mean, it's kind of emotionally draining, too, because it's like, this poor kid doesn't mean to be doing this stuff, but, you know, he just can't help it. So that kind of is like, it's just it's tough. Yeah. You know, you kind of figure it out after doing it a few times, but what you're referencing with the party, yeah. I remember after that, I remember calling my wife on the way home, and I was like, well, that's my last night with Dave. Like, it went terrible. Like, I'm sweating, bruised up, shirt ripped, like, <laughs> The bunchers probably, you know, the family that was like, they probably think oh, Andrew has no clue what doing. He can't yeah. do this stuff. So that was, uh, I, I had forgot about that. And then, um, when Ryan called me back and he asked about that, our friend, and, and that's, that's our friend, Ryan French of, uh, Monday Q info, uh, that has been on the show many times over the years and, uh, did an, just a, a wonderful, wonderful story with you. Um, Here's the thing, though. Most people, this is what gets me about you, Andrew. Most people would have quit that day, if not before. Most people would have said that's not based on their family, based on you. That's my last day. I can't do this. I don't know how. I I know probably I couldn't have done it, but you kept going. Uh, how long ago was, was that? How long has this relationship been going on with you and and David's family? Probably four, four or five years, which is crazy to think because I really haven't worked with Dave a lot over the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with him a month ago over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, I've been trying to play a little bit more full time. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I probably, I mean, I worked pretty, quite a bit with him for the first couple of years. Um, so, yeah, we've probably been, been together for four or five years now. It's amazing. The, the whole thing is just amazing. All right, so there's that part of your life, and now we're moving into the actual golf stuff. And here's what I'll say about you. So we get on the first tee, and Shad has said to me, 
Where do you see Andrew? He's really great. He's he's on the Mexican tour now, and he's well. I had no idea. I mean, I'm not used to playing with guys that hit it 320, 330, 340 off the tee. Other than me, of course. <laughs> Except when I hit it 340, that's with my driver and a five iron or a six iron, and you're bombing it out there. I mean, people people forget and don't re- or don't realize that even players like you who are trying to get status on professional tours, how incredible you guys are. I mean, this this is no fooling around. When you say before earlier you weren't that good at golf, you're pretty damn good at golf, pal. I hope you realize that. I appreciate it. I, I, I like to thank When I'm on, I can be. Yeah, okay. All right. Whatever. That's pretty funny. Um all right, in the couple minutes we have left, what it what where are we going next? What are we in the middle of trying to do right now? Yeah, so right now we're finishing up the season with uh the Mexican tour. Uh they've got an event actually that's starting tomorrow. Uh, that I'm unfortunately not going to be able to go down to tomorrow's my my daughter's third birthday and we right. got a birthday party this that a boy. So, yep. Yeah, that's right. I was in the middle of booking the flight, and my wife was like, uh, when are you coming home? Uh, that's Claire's birthday. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not going to check out. Let me X out of this real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we're doing that, and uh, just try to do a few Monday qualifiers, try to Monday qualify for the Barbasol. Yeah. Um, just some other some other opens and stuff until, until Corn Ferry uh, Q School comes around. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you uh, do, Corn Ferry Q School, did you use caddies for that? We we well, so this will be my my first time doing Corn Ferry. I, I haven't done it in the past, but yeah, for for any of the, like the Latin or Canadian, uh-huh. you can use caddies. And typically, I will if I've got a buddy or hello. Uh, I'm fairly yeah. <laughs> hello. I don't know. You may be too expensive for me. No, I I'll tell you. You know, food is is all I really require, and food for me is pop tarts and just stuff like that. So we, <laughs> we'd be good. The big problem you is, you know, I'm gonna. I, I won't tell them what I'm doing. I'll just say I need to take some time off. But you know, you and I'll talk. We'll see. Because I, well, all yeah. kidding aside, I would love to caddy for you one of those things. Well, you know, we've got that uh, that bourbon that we won at, uh, at yeah. the event, so we, we could take that down there. So no, I to, still have you still haven't it. given mine to me, okay? So that reminds me, thanks for bringing it up. I'm going to be calling you as soon as the show is over, and I'm coming to get my bourbon, all right? We, we, we can do that. Okay. All right, man. As I said, I am blessed to have you in my life now, and I mean that a thousand percent, and... Uh, We'll be talking more to you, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get you on one of these tours, and it's gonna be great. I, hey, thank you for uh, for putting me on here, and I appreciate all the support. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, pal. All right, thanks, Matthew. All right, all right. That'll do it for just. This is one of my favorite backspins. Uh, Dave Shudlowski, fantastic. It was really wonderful of him to jump on with me. He's had a long week, as everybody has that's covering this tournament, especially after yesterday and the rain and everything they went through. And, uh, of course, Keith Stewart, my buddy, also from Rochester. Um, Thanks to him and the incredible Andrew Stroder, uh, who I just can't say enough about that guy. 
Forget that he hits a 340 off the tee. He's, he's an incredible human being. We'll be back next week. Another edition of Backspin Golf. We couldn't do the show without our great partners, Commonwealth Credit Union, Critter Control, Truly Nolan, Edwin Watts Golf, French Lick Resort, Gearheads of Nicholasville, Georgetown Advantage Air, of course, Lexington Parks and Rec, and Maple Leaf Roofing Systems, wowing Central Kentucky one roof at a time. Be back next week. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the final round of the PGA. Uh, This is Backspin Golf on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Lexington Parks and Recreation.